Hi, I'm Wendy Zuckerman, and you're listening to Science Versus from Gimlet. On today's show, we're tackling the big mess that is the US healthcare system. In case you haven't heard, politicians have got it in their crosshairs. This is a broken system and we must fix it. The current healthcare system is not only cruel, it is dysfunctional. Make American healthcare great again. More than a third, one in three Americans, either have no health insurance or insurance that comes with big medical bills that they can't afford. And some politicians are saying that the answer to this is Medicare for all. Get everyone in the country on the same government plan. But that idea makes some people uncomfortable. Because a lot of Americans who have health insurance actually like their health insurance plan. And they're worried that things would get worse if we had one Medicare to rule them all. Would things get worse? Well, we don't have Gandalf to cast a spell and show us an alternate reality. So the best thing we can do is head to a place that has a healthcare system that's pretty close to Medicare for all and to see how it's going. So let's go on an adventure to the Shire. Over in England, everyone gets a second breakfast. They have healthcare, it's paid for through taxes, and it's run by the government. And so now, we're going to compare the two systems. We made some phone calls to people in the UK. Hello. 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 And in the US. Hello. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Good, how are you? They were so stoked to hear from us. Oh, hello. Sorry, I completely forgot you were calling. These aren't just any old schmoes. They're schmoes who have type 1 diabetes. It's a chronic disease and it's a huge part of their lives. So much so that people we spoke to on both sides of the Atlantic remembered the moment they were diagnosed. Uh, I was 13 years old and I dropped a big casserole dish <laughs> and it shattered, went to the hospital and they were like, oh, he's got diabetes. Yeah, so people call it um, your diversary. Definitely a turning point when all of a sudden you have this life-threatening disorders. To stay healthy, these diabetics have to test their blood sugar levels and inject themselves with insulin daily. They also check in with their doctors quite often. So this all makes type 1 diabetes a really good disease to follow if you want to know how well a healthcare system works. So we wanted to see up close, what is it like to be living with a chronic illness in the UK and the US? Sounds interesting. The first and most obvious difference became clear when we talked to them about getting the medicine they needed. In their case, insulin. In the US, even the people we spoke to who had health insurance weren't always guaranteed to have insulin. I randomly go to the pharmacy one day and they were like, we keep running it, but it's still saying it's going to be over $1,000. And I was like, well, I don't have $1,000. I call the insurance company. I'm crying. So if I break a bottle of insulin, if I drop it or something, uh, my insurance company won't allow me to get another one without paying out of pocket for it. Insulin costs like $300 a bottle. It's pretty terrible. In fact, studies have found that in the US, about a quarter of people with diabetes said that they used less insulin than they should to make their supply last longer. A quarter. And this is really risky. But in the comfort of the Shire... It's an entirely different reality. I have 
a fridge drawer full of spare insulin should I need it. I've never, ever, ever, ever had to worry about where my next vial of insulin was coming from. Yeah, it's it's entirely free. We don't pay anything. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, I pay for car parking at the hospital, but, like, <laughs> I mean, that's no biggie. I've never had an issue with getting insulin or anything. So, access to as much insulin as they need, that's one way that UK diabetics have it better. They also never lose access to their doctor. But over in the US, if people lose their job, they lose their insurance, and then it can be difficult and expensive to get on a new plan. Like one guy we spoke to, Jim, who got diagnosed after he shattered the casserole dish, well, he got laid off after the big housing crash. When, like, all those jobs in my industry just, like, dried up and disappeared, um, I was, like, working crappy part-time jobs for a while. And during that time, because I wasn't seeing the doctor, like, as much as I normally would, like, my control got really bad. And uh, I started to get, like, really bad retinopathy. That's a diabetes complication where blood vessels in the eye start to leak. So Jim's vision started to go blurry. It was scary. How am I going to do? How am I going to live? And this, of course, isn't just happening to Jim. Serious complications from diabetes are more likely to happen in the US compared to the UK. So, for example, a diabetic in the US is more than twice as likely to wind up in the hospital. And just in general, people trying to manage a chronic illness, like chronic kidney disease and heart disease, they tend to do worse in the US. That's according to a report from The Lancet. Okay, so it's looking like the US can be pretty crap if you have a chronic illness. But there are some ways that the US is better. So sticking with diabetes just for the moment, a huge part of being diabetic is managing your blood sugar and giving yourself insulin. And a lot of people told us about some tech that can make all of that way easier. So Jim, for example, uses a blood sugar monitor. In the old days, he'd have to prick his finger several times a day. Uh, But this thing is is great. You poke yourself once and it lasts for like 10 days. I can't believe that there are probably diabetics out there still using the finger stick thing when this exists because it is so much better. There's also a fancy insulin device that people with diabetes can use. And overall, a lot more Americans with diabetes get these gadgets compared to the Brits. So why are people with diabetes in the UK getting shafted when it comes to these fancy gadgets? Well, it's because in the UK, decisions about what kind of medical stuff people get is made by a group called NICE. No, really, that is their name. NICE stands for the National Institute for Health and Care Excellence. They look at the data on how much a new type of treatment can help people, and then they look at the price tag and ultimately ask... Is it worth it? And when NICE looked at these diabetes gadgets, they basically said, we can't just hand them out like candy. We're only going to cover people who we think really need it. Not so nice after all. It didn't help when former Prime Minister Theresa May, who has type 1 diabetes, was pictured wearing one of these fancy blood sugar monitors. That was a little bit of a sore point, I guess. That wasn't nice to see. But, you know, I guess she did have Brexit to deal with, so we can't be too hard on the poor old tea. Now, we'd heard stories that because the US doesn't have these government gatekeepers, that Americans tend to get a lot of cool gadgets and meds that Brits don't. But other than with diabetes, we actually couldn't find convincing evidence that this was part of a trend. 
And that might be because in the US, insurance companies are often the gatekeepers. They might choose not to cover something or only cover a bit of it, making it so expensive that you can't afford it. So there isn't a big difference between the kinds of gadgets and medicines that you can get in the UK and the US. And the UK does better when it comes to managing diabetes and chronic conditions. So does the US win in anything? Like, we hear stories of people waiting in long lines in the UK to get treatment. Is that true? To find out, listen to our full episode on healthcare by searching for Science Versus, that's Science VS, and then click on our healthcare episode. I'm Wendy Zuckerman. Back to you next time.